1: Heel Tough Blog
0: Podcast.
1: Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host Anthony Pagnotta with you guys as always. And today, me and Zach Hubbard back at it again here on the recruiting trail. And we're here to tell you about the commitment of Chris Culver. It's been a little bit, but we're going to go back and talk a little bit about that. And then we will also talk about this past weekend. Carolina had uh, two targets on the offensive line that announced their commitments elsewhere so we'll talk about what the state of the Carolina offensive line class here in 2023 looks like if we think that this is you know a a class where they could still look to add another guy and if they do who are some of those guys uh, that could be in the running for uh, that final spot so uh, we'll talk about all of that here uh, and and let's start. You know, first Zach with with Chris Culver. You know, we were pretty high on him, um, especially me. I was a guy that um, you know had him as as the top priority at wide receiver uh, here as we entered the month of June. And uh, I think this was a huge one for the Tar Heels to get. And not only is it an in-state guy, it's a guy that they've been recruiting for a while, but. This is, you know, a, a group at, at wide receiver where Carolina has to start adding some of these guys on the outside to sort of rebuild the depth out there. You know, they lost Emery Simmons to the transfer portal. They lost Chaffee Brown to the transfer portal, and they're getting ready to lose Antoine Green at the end of the season uh, due you know, to eligibility after his fifth year. He has his COVID year this year, and then he's moving on, so... I, you know, Carolina needs that depth out there. They need some talent out there as well as they look to sort of replace the type of impact that they lost when Deami Brown left. And uh, I think this, you know, goes a, a pretty decent way towards getting them where they want to go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When you look at the wide receivers within the state of North Carolina. Uh, In this 2023 cycle, you look at guys like Noah Rogers, you look at uh, Christian Hamilton that, you know, is another Tar Heel commit, but, you know, for my money, I think Chris Culliver is up there with those guys in terms of just a high-impact receiving threat uh, in the Tar Heel stage in the 2023 class, Uh, but as you mentioned, uh, more specifically with Culliver, more of that longer, you know, receiver to play, specifically on the outside uh, he's got that long frame listed at 6'3", about, you know, 175, 180, so we'll need to, of course, add a little bit of weight there, but, you know, plays with a really good frame, really knows how to high point the ball, is going to be... an excellent red zone threat as we mentioned. Uh last week Linksworth previewed his commitment. And another thing here that, you know, I really just have to keep coming back to and hammering home is that, you know, despite being in that six three, six four range, he's by no means uh just a you know pure red zone go up and get it type of guy. This guy has legitimate speed Runs Willie really, really well, a long strider. Looks a little bit like Gazelle out there when you watch him. I um, mean, really good at you know getting those those uh, deep balls, those go routes, um, not only in the end zone or in sort of the red zone area, but you know getting it 20 yards down the field and then taking it the rest of the distance. So I, I think he adds sort of that element, like you mentioned, that we saw from a guy like De'Ami Brown. But then he also also offers you you know some of the options that we've seen. Uh, from guys like um, Antoine Green, a little bit of Bo Corrales there with the red zone options. So, you know, he he sort of offers you some diversity in what you can do with them and is really going to be a good complement to um, whoever else the Tar Heels end up adding in the 2023 sort of wide receiver class.
1: Yeah, and I think that that speed is kind of what Carolina needs out there as well. You know, This offense really thrives best when they have that speed on the outside, that guy that can sort of, you know, create the big plays when they need it. And, you know, I think that part of the reason why Carolina's offense was inconsistent a year ago was not only the fact of just not having anybody that was consistent out there, but they didn't have that that big play threat for a majority of the year that could get down the field. Pre, you know, pre-pass. You know, you had Josh Downs who did a lot of really great things, and that worked for you for a while. But when this offense is at its best, they have that guy that can go down the field that can average, you know, can average anywhere from 15 to 18 yards per game. And when they're really buzzing, like we've seen in the past, they can get up close to that 20 yards per catch. And that's what you're looking for. Uh, And this is the type of guy that can do that. I mean, you turn on his film... He's a guy that pretty much runs two routes. He, he runs the go route and he runs the post route. Um, now look, it, it's there. There are some other moments he does some really good things with the football in his hand on screen plays and stuff like that. I think one of the things that he is going to have to work on when he gets to campus is probably expanding his route tree just a little bit. Um, but look, you know, it works for him the way that he plays right now, and that's something that you can't deny is is a big part of you know the game of football is being able to stretch the field and that's what he does for Carolina Um, and and I think it just it really complements the other guys in this class well we talked about Christian Hamilton and yeah he's a guy that can probably play on the outside for you he can be that guy that you know could be similar to some of the more modern receivers that we're seeing out there on the outside but this is the guy that I think, when when you look at him, he, he just fits what Carolina needs. He, he's a guy that can go up and get those 50-50 balls um, at a pretty high rate as well. Um, and I think, you know, honestly, just watching him, you know, we saw a little bit of that out of at De'Ami Brown at times, going up and getting some of those 50-50 balls. I think th- this is the type of guy that you're hoping he turns into. And it's not a guarantee, but that's something that they really want. In their offense, and I feel you know he's not rated as high as Hamilton or you know Noah Rogers, but I feel like he's probably the guy that if if you just look at the complete skill set of what he could be if he hits his potential, he's that guy. You know, he's probably the guy that could be the best of this group. Now, the question is, Zach, is, you know, we we won't focus on just the class as a whole. We talked about that the last time we said there are guys that they would take. I want to focus specifically on a guy in Paul Billups. Um, who will commit on August twenty fourth? Because there was a little bit of back and forth between you know some of the guys in this one group chat that I'm in. You know, after the commitment, saying that uh, we don't. Some some thought we don't need another outside receiver in this class. Others thought we do. Um, and I, you know, I'm in the class of, of, of I think we need to add somebody else in this class if we can get them. Um, I'm not saying that you need to reach, but Paul Billups is a guy that I think is more than worth taking in this class. What do you think about Carolina, you know, with the amount of guys that they already have committed in this class now at wide receiver with two? You've also got that element of uh, of Kevin Concepcion who's there and he never really know. What do you think about taking another outside receiver in this class? Are you still somebody that thinks they need to add one more here?
0: Yeah. In terms of just the wide receiver position overall, I, I do think that they are more likely than not to add a third wide receiver. I mean, look, look at it from this perspective. They spent all spring looking for portal guys to add to this wide receiver room. They didn't really find anyone that, that really fit you know, uh, what they wanted. Um, for North Carolina. So they didn't take anyone, but it's obviously a a position room that they are still looking to add both talent and bodies at. So I would say just first and foremost, I, I don't know if they're gonna turn anyone away in terms of wide receiver talent. I think, you know, both the guys that you mentioned, Paul Bills and Kevin Concepcion, are guys they would take. I, I don't even think it's impossible that they would take both um in in terms of do you prioritize one over the other i I don't necessarily know if you'd say that simply because of um you know with um with the two of them and with the guys that you already have on campus you you do have quite a few guys that you can move around and put different positions you look at you know obviously you have josh downs in the slot but then uh, tayon holloway is probably going to be another slot guy but you have guys like Coley Pace Hour that can sort of go inside or down and find a spot for them. So I think they'd be fine taking two of those larger wide receivers, but if they wanted to get a guy like uh, Concep- Kevin Concepcion, excuse me, if they're able to do so, they could certainly do that. Like I said, you know, I think that there is, uh, it, there needs to be more bodies. There needs to be guys that step up, but in terms of a play style sort of breakdown, there are several guys that can fit at multiple spots they can play both inside and out at the wide receiver position so I, I don't think there's any one preference i think it's you know you recruit both guys and really take who wants to come get the guy that's interested uh, if not both but you know for paul billups specifically since that's sort of the, the the uh the focus here i think he's a guy that north carolina would take i think he's a guy that they should take and ultimately, if I had to make a prediction today, I'd say he's a guy that is still likely to end up in this class.
1: Yeah, the the good news you know, on that front is it doesn't seem like there's any suggestion that Carolina is backing off, at least for now. Um, we'll see if that sort of materializes here as we go forward. You know, w- where I would be at if I was Carolina, if I was the staff, I would honestly be trying to sort of push Kevin Concepcion to make a decision before Paul Billups does. And look, you've got until the end of August. Uh, As of right now, and it seems like he's going to hold pretty firm on it, Paul Billups won't commit until August 24th. So you've got a little over a month here. And, you know, we've heard that it's down to Carolina and NC State for Concepcion. That's not really shocking. I don't think there's anybody else that was really ever in that recruitment um, all that heavily, but I think the goal has to be to get him to sort of make a decision and, and who knows? Maybe it comes down to the final weekend here in July. Um, you know, is, is, is that where, you know, of course Carolina hosts their their annual cookout. Um, at least that's what they've called it the last couple of years. Uh, just about every team hosts a recruiting event on that final weekend of July because it is an open, uh, period for recruiting. It's only one week, so uh, usually we'll we'll see teams jump in there and try to make you know a, a last second gasp. But guys, before the season begins, I feel like that week could be key for Concepcion. Can they get him on campus? If they do, that probably points to Carolina being the favorite. If not, uh, then you know who knows. We'll have to just wait and see. Um, but I think that's got to be your goal if you're. Lonnie Galloway, if you're Mac Brown, Phil Longo, whoever, all anybody that's involved in his recruitment, hey, we we've got to kind of get an answer here because I I think um, just from kind of following his recruitment and how everything has gone, uh, Paul Billups, if he has the if he has the choice, he will choose Carolina over the other two finalists. Um, so I think it's it, they they need to tell Concepcion, look, we're holding your spot. But you you got to make your decision. If you beat Billups to the spot, then you know we'll have to decide from there if we take Billups. If not, he's going to take that spot though, and and we'll have to see if there's room left for you in the class. So I think that's that's ultimately how it's going to work out. Um, and 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 look, I think you know there is a possibility we've talked about it. There's a possibility that they take four wide receivers in this class, but. it's it's tricky now with the transfer portal because you'd want to leave roster spots open if you need to add somebody there. Carolina, you know, we we don't know if anybody else is going to step up and emerge at wide receiver, so they might want to leave one of those spots open. It'll be interesting to monitor that. One of the other spots where Carolina could be looking to add a fourth commitment is on the offensive line. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we tell you about two guys from this past weekend that did not commit to Carolina, and uh, whether or not we still think Carolina could be looking to add a fourth commitment to the 2023 offensive line class. Stick around with us here on the Heel Tough blog podcast Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props – your betting options feel endless. I know there's a lot of you that are Braves fans. Go and bet on the Braves and their upcoming series on DraftKings Sportsbook. I know I'll be doing the same for my New York Mets. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN. P.N. only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, hey guys, welcome back in Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Anthony Pagnata, Zach Hubbard with you. And look, we talked about, you know, part of that successful string for Carolina back last Monday when Chris Culliver committed. That was eight commitments in eight days for the Tar Heels. Well since then they've cooled off just a little bit. This past weekend they had two targets on the offensive line that did commit. First was 2023 three-star offensive tackle Kobe Keenum. The Tar Heels were in that battle along with Kentucky and Louisville. Remember Keenum did did make it to campus for an official visit on that final weekend of June but It just wasn't enough for the Tar Heels. Kentucky, who was the longtime favorite in that one, was able to pull that one out. That one wasn't really all that shocking. And I'm not saying that the second one was too shocking. But Carolina misses out on 2023 three-star offensive tackle Kamen Smith from Wilkes Central High School in Wilkesboro, North Carolina. Uh, He goes to NC State. Look, NC State was the team that was the favorite for him for a while. Carolina entered the race a little bit later than them, but they did get that final week official visit from him on the 24th of June, and there were some questions, I think, coming into his commitment as to where he could go. It was a definitely a more of a toss-up than some of the other guys that we had talked about here recently with not... Too many people really setting predictions. All the predictions were in favor of state, but they were all from state insiders, and most of them did not come with a lot of confidence. So I thought there was a legitimate chance that Carolina could pull the upset. That did not happen. Um, And now, you know, Carolina is kind of left looking at, you know, the, the rest of the targets that they have there and wondering if they can add another commitment in this class. I think, you know, first of all, the question that we've got to ask, Zach, is look, the Toriels have three commitments in this class. Um, some people may forget that. There's A lot of people will probably say, well, they've got Robert Grigsby and DJ Geth from, you know, th- this past, the previous weekend. But who else do they have? Well, remember that Nolan McConnell did commit to the Toriels class back in May. So they do have an offensive tackle in this class as well. You got Grigsby, who's sort of that tweener guy that could probably play either guard or tackle and then you've got the pure guard in DJ Geth the question now is is are the Tar Heels, and should they be looking to add another commitment in this class Zach what do you think you know this is a unit that has received a lot of criticism here over this past year year and a half now um, and, and it's a unit that I think you know. if you look at the amount of guys that are down there that are upperclassmen they are going to lose a lot of these guys moving forward but what do you think about the prospects of adding another commitment in this class for the Torials
0: yeah I think that it, it does not necessarily need to be a priority but it is something that they are definitely looking at sharply I mean you look at the number of guys that are going to be um you know, upperclassmen, you know, guys like uh, Austin Richards, Ed Montelis, William Barnes, uh, Queer and Johnson, Brian Anderson, and then some of these, you know, transfers they've brought in as well. Um, you know, Corey Gainer already on campus and then looking to bring in uh, Spencer Rowland here over the summer as well. So um, they're going to have a lot of upperclassmen on the offensive line this year. And, you know, some of those guys potentially – depending on how the COVID map works out, maybe one or two come back, if that. But more likely than not, you're going to lose a good majority if not all of these guys. So, you know, you're going to need to rebuild the offensive line. And uh, based on, you know, where these guys are at, you're you're primarily going to look to rebuild that interior, which I think they have done in getting guys like D.J. Geth and Robert Grigsby. Uh, It really just depends on who's left on the board, you know, who's still in, in the running Be that potential fourth option. You know, you look at guys like uh, Marky Anderson, teammate of DJ Geth, out of South Carolina, sort of, you know, favoring the South Carolina Gamecocks for the largest time, but has, you know, pulled the trigger as of yet, so we'll see what happens there. Um, You know, uh, mentioning Kobe Keenum like you did another guy, Alabama, and Stanton Randall out of Thompson High School. He's another. Option there, but sort of, you know, in between Auburn and Tennessee are, are really the two biggest names we're hearing. Uh, and then a few others, you know, you look at uh, guys like Paul Mubinga, he's been sort of on and off the board. Um, UNC's battling schools such as Michigan and LSU there. And then, uh, you know, another one that we've mentioned before, one of our first early enrollees here this summer, uh, Alawatosan Big Tree Babalade. Um, out of Maryland um, has been an option as well, but, you know, not really a ton of ton of buzz there. So I think it's really going to depend on, you know, who, who's being receptive. You know, if, if any of these recruitments can turn in the Targill's favor definitively, it's going to be which of those guys, you know, they want to add and wants to come on with them. So um, I, I think that that's going to be the main factor at this point is, is what is the interest from each individual guy, where can the staff put their interest going forward into the fall or you know even over the next few weeks as we you know continue to see guys um you know make their commitments and, and jump on board with different schools but I, I don't think there's any specific priority i mean you've already got two interior guys in the class you don't necessarily need a third one if, if you want to go with a guy like Marquis anderson but you'd certainly be fine to take them because like you mentioned you do have versatility Um, with with some of those interior guys and you know if if there's an offensive tackle such such as Bob Olaude that wants to you know jump on board I'd say the more the merrier Uh, because more often than not those tackles are guys that if you need to in a pinch you can move them inside but more often than not it's harder to move those guards outside the tackle so for me personally just as a rule of thumb I say the more tackles the better but I think the main focus is going to be on who's the most receptive to the Tar Heels Group at, at this time,
1: yeah, no, I, I think the way that you put it is is, is probably the way that they're looking at it. Um, you know, first of all, I think what they have to do is sort of evaluate, you know, what exactly they are looking to add in this class in the best case scenario moving forward, and how does adding that fourth guy on the offensive line, how does that work out numbers wise? I, I mean. I think the fact that they were still recruiting Kamen Smith and and, and seemed to be pushing to try to land his commitment probably shows that they are at least saving a space for a fourth guy. But I think it's like you said, is there somebody that is receptive? I think your best chance, what most people probably believe this as well, is Marquis Anderson. And, you know, this is one that's probably changed a little bit here recently, because I mean he again, we've, we've talked about it a little bit on and off here uh, throughout this recruiting cycle. him and DJ Geth are very close. They are guys that you know have been high school teammates for the last few years. Um, you know I've, I've seen them together a couple of times at camps and and these dudes are about as tight as it gets. so you wonder if that is going to have an impact on his recruitment now, You know, the thing is, is look, South Carolina seems to have done their work with him, um, maybe a little bit more than they even did with Geth. And I think there is a chance that Anderson is going to go elsewhere. I, I don't think it's a guarantee that he has to go where Geth goes, but that will be a pull. And I think Carolina is probably a legitimate number two in this race right now. And when it comes to South Carolina, it is interesting that he has not committed there yet. Because they, that's a team that, you know, he's got a lot of crystal ball predictions there already. A lot of people, I think, felt like after the month of June, he was probably going to lock it down pretty quickly. Um, and he seems to be taking his time. As of right now, there is no commitment date. So we just have to wait and see. But that—that's that's the one that, if I'm the Tar Heels, I'm putting my... Energy into now. We're at least seeing if there is any chance that you can land his commitment. After that, I, I think you're, you're climbing a steep hill with a lot of the other guys. I, I think with Rammel, that's that's one where he, he's just so close to Auburn's backyard. It's going to be really tough to get him out of there. Uh, the one thing that you've got going in your favor is he has a, a former high school teammate that is currently on the team. Um, with Carolina and Connor Harrell. So there, there could be that connection there that could be worth exploring. But I think that's one of those situations that unless Auburn fills up on the offensive line, he's probably going to be a take there. And, and look, he's a high-end four-star, so I'd be very shocked if Auburn fills up with guys higher than him, especially considering that their recruiting class right now uh, struggling a little bit um, compared to some of the other teams in the SEC. So I think that one probably is just a matter of time. When it comes to Bob Alade, that, that, that is a weird commitment, honestly. Um, not anything that that he's doing. I think that he's just got some, he's, he's taking visits to all these schools, and he's done a good job of keeping things relatively quiet as to what exactly he's doing Um, You know, Maryland's the team that I think a lot of people think he ends up with eventually as the in-state team, but you got Rutgers who's been lingering around there, Ohio State. The the question with them, I think, is more of is he a take than anything, Um, and, and, you know, Carolina's been there as well. That's one where, if again, that final week in July is going to be huge. If they can get him on campus there... Um, then that's that's a great sign. Um, whoever gets him on campus, it will be a great sign for them because he's scheduled to commit on July thirty first. So, I think that final weekend in July will kind of tell the story for him right before his commitment. Um, and, and you know, I, I think that's probably the same way they're looking at Anderson: is can we get him on campus then? Mabinga. That, I don't I don't know if they're honestly even looking at him anymore. I think that Robert Grigsby and him are very similar type of prospects guys that could play guard or tackle very similar body styles as well. Um, I think Carolina went with Grigsby and I think part of that is also because that's another guy that is so closely tied. He, he's even more so than any of the other two that any of the other three that we've talked about excuse me. Um, He he is extremely closely tied to Michigan at this point. Most people really just think it's a matter of time. Don't know why there is hesitation because I think a lot of people thought after he visited there uh, back in the middle of June, he was going to commit right on the spot. But uh, it seems like that one is one where Carolina probably won't even put their efforts into that one and probably shouldn't. And there's another one that you know, Carolina was looking at for a little while. If you go on to twenty four seven sports, he's listed as warm. Uh, that's Gabriel Forston, uh, another guy out of the state of Georgia. There's nothing. Doesn't seem like there's anything there. He was. He did not even. Come on campus for an official visit, not even an unofficial visit. He only took one visit during the month, and that was to Georgia Tech. It seems like he's probably going there. So that's one you can pretty much cross out on your board. So I think it kind of comes down to those guys. I'll put it this way I think if you're looking at guys that they're prioritizing, Marky Anderson is probably one of the guys that fits that moniker. Um, and, and that they might put their efforts into. I think all of the other guys, it, it, it's kind of on them. If they want to, you know, if, if they want to show some interest towards Carolina, then the staff will put their efforts towards them. If not, I think Carolina's is okay with not taking another uh, offensive lineman in this class. Um, and now, you know, Zach, I think. You know, looking forward, you know, we kind of turn our attention to Jamal Jarrett, and you know, we've said that the last couple of podcasts, and I, I think there's a chance that look another guy, you know, could potentially pop up here, um, you know, before it's all said and done, one of those guys that we just talked about on the offensive line, or a couple other guys at different spots. One that I'm keeping an eye on right now is Rico Walker, who tweeted out the other day. Uh, no more interviews at this time. So that means it seems like he's probably getting pretty close. But when it comes to Jamal Jarrett, I think, you know, that they, there has been just post after post after post on social media. First of all, he put one out the other day um, that pretty much just knocked it down to two finalists. He had Auburn in there. Um, as one of the ones that could potentially be on the table when he announces his decision. It appeared the other day he put out a a picture with just uh, him in in a Tar Heel uniform on an unofficial visit and him in a Georgia uniform on an unofficial visit. So I think, you know, heading into the, the, the week before, where are you sitting with Jamal Jarrett just really quickly before we get out of here? Well, I think first and foremost, just to mention the social
0: media aspect, uh, it, clearly a guy that's trying to build suspense and build momentum up to this announcement. Um, and, and I think he's a guy, uh, really specifically with those schools, North Carolina and Georgia, that has had legitimate interest in both. Uh, I do think that Georgia has done a really good job uh, recruiting him thus far. They've sold him on, you know, being similar to how they used uh jordan davis this past year and that's another you know north carolina guy that went to you know georgia and, and did really well so they're sort of selling that connection of, of you know big north carolina guys in the middle but uh the Tar Heels are definitely in this recruitment um they they're definitely involved here and he's a guy that you know really whoever gets the last visit you know seems that they've you know got that momentum I, i'm not sure that um know that really matters at this point he's had time to sort of cool off from all all these visits over the summer he's not really going to get anywhere uh before he commits um here within the next week so going into it i think it is close uh just to be sort of take the safe bet i think just based on you know they're defending national champions they they have a very clear sell in terms of usage within their defense I, i think that the bulldogs of Georgia would be the favorite as of today and they'd probably be by prediction. However, North Carolina would not at all surprise me. So it is going to be one to continue to watch. It's one that, you know, Tar Heels should not be downtrodden quite yet. It's one that they're still involved in and one to continue to watch going into the next week.
1: Yeah, look, one of the selling points I think that a lot of people have sort of bought into with him is that he could come and play with Travis Shaw again at the college level, and, and I get that. My thing is, is that look, if they don't get him, you've got a guy in Travis Shaw that's very similar, it's going to be a very similar play style to him, that is only a class ahead of him. So this would not be a devastating miss. It's one that I think, just from the amount of hype that has grown around it, kind of starts to feel like a must-get. Um, And it's a weird, I'm going to tell you, it's a weird recruitment uh, because there are a lot of vibes. I said this a couple weeks ago, just looking at how he he is on social media, looking at the course of how things are going and, and kind of listening to what everybody around the recruitment is saying. It has a very similar feel to Shaw a year ago where he was a guy that, you know, a lot of people thought was going to end up at Clemson. No matter how many times he would talk about North Carolina, it was always, well, Clemson's going to find a way to lock it down. Clemson's going to, they, They've been the team in there for a while. He really likes Clemson. And in the at the end of the day, it ended up that Carolina was where he wanted to go, and he really bought into staying home. That's going to be a big part of Carolina's pitch here as well, is that, hey, we are a lot closer to... You know Greensboro than Georgia is, so that's that's what Carolina's really having to go off of, and that's a pitch that I think can work. We've seen it work here recently. Expect not not just on a guy um, you know, like Travis Shaw, but a couple other big time in state prospects as well, like Javari Ritzy, uh and, and Keyshawn Silver. So I think there's a, there is a legitimate shot here. My thing is is you know I I. Look on on three sports, and and they and they've still got George as as like a ninety three percent chance to land him, or it might even be higher than that at this point. And, and I, I still think that George is probably the favorite, but it would not shock me at all if you started seeing later on this week some crystal ball predictions rolling in for Carolina. And in the end, I, I think either way, I, I you would still probably feel confident about where Carolina is at. I don't feel like if if Carolina was to miss on him, it would be the multitude of missing on a guy like if they had missed on Travis Shaw last year, if they had missed on Dez Evans a few years prior. I think you, you this is one that you could still recover from, especially because of the fact that you do have some really good talent already on the defensive line that is on campus. And even in this class, you've already got some pretty solid guys committed there. But I think, you know, this, this is one that Tario fans really, really want. And I think there, there is at least a chance uh, that they could land his commitment. And we're going to have you covered on all of that. We will, of course, have a commitment preview that will come out to get you prepared for his uh, commitment. Again, that is July 19th. That is his scheduled pre- uh, commitment as of right now. Next Tuesday, um, and we will have you covered on all ends. If Carolina lands him, then we'll have that 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 commitment article. If they do not, of course, we will have reaction to that on there. Uh, we'll do we'll of course react here on the podcast to whatever happens as well. So make sure that you guys are sticking with all that coverage when it comes to the Jamal Jarrett commitment. Um, also, again, we're monitoring some of these other guys in this class, as I mentioned. Uh, the four-star edge rusher in this class, Rico Walker, looks like he is coming close to potentially making a decision here soon. Um, so we'll see. It, Carolina right now is, is still seen as a pretty heavy favorite. I think some people are worried about Tennessee, but we'll, we'll see what Carolina ultimately ends up doing uh, if, if he does end up setting that commitment date. And we'll see how things trend there. Um, and still some other guys out there. There's a couple other commitments later on in the month. I told you about Bob Alade, the day before him. Braden Marshall, a four-star corner out of the state of Florida that Carolina is currently pursuing, will make his commitment. So there is still some active uh, few weeks ahead for Carolina. And then, of course, they do have the cookout that will come up at the end of the month, all that stuff on the recruiting side of things. Uh, And then after that, we are headed in season. And right before that, we're going to, of course, tell you about some of the uh, battles to watch when fall camp does open. Uh, Fall camp opens at the start of August, so uh, we're going to have you covered on all those fronts. Uh, We've got, of course, a a huge quarterback battle uh, that people want to see get worked out before the season starts. They don't want to see it go into the year, so uh, we're going to talk a ton about that ton of other things to still figure out when it comes to the offensive line, the running back group, uh, even you know on, on that defensive line. We're going to talk about all that stuff for you guys as we lead up uh, to camp. And then once we get in camp, you know we're going to kind of go through position group by position group, try to get the latest intel on all of those spots. And we'll give you those in-depth position previews that you guys love so much each and every year to break down this roster uh, and uh, the, all those will be up on the website here soon, HeelTopBlog.com. Meanwhile, on the basketball side of things, it's there is a chance. It's seeming more and more every day, like there is a chance that Gigi Jackson could decommit, and we are we're, we're keeping our eyes and ears peeled for any information that comes out about that. And if it does happen, we are going to have you covered not only with the article on the website. Josh will have that for you immediately if that does happen. But we're also going to have immediate reaction on the podcast side of things, the Four Corners podcast. That's the basketball podcast. And you can find that on the website or wherever you listen to your podcast along with the Heel Tough blog podcast. Um, so keep, just you know, keep an eye out for that. And uh, we will have updates, especially on that story, over on our social media pages uh, just search uh, Heel Tough Blog on Facebook to find the Facebook page when you do make sure you like the page and then head over to Twitter at Heel Tough Blog on Twitter uh, give us a follow over there and you can check out our personal pages while you're over there as well uh, at HTB Anthony for me uh, at hackzubber 24 Zach, and at HTB underscore Josh for Josh. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. Wanna thank Zach for hosting with me. Wanna thank you guys for listening and as always, go tar heels. Alright, great stuff, man.
0: All right. That sounds good.
1: We'll see what happens and you know play it by ear as usual. Yep. Yeah. I, I think uh we right, we'll we'll see, man. I that that tweet that tweet the other day from Walker kind of has me wondering if he's gonna if he's gonna pop here sooner rather than later. But yeah, as of right now, we'll kind of schedule it out to either be that Tuesday night when Jarrett does commit, or um, you know the Wednesday if we have to. Um, but either either way, we'll be ready to go. So. All right, man. All right, you too, man. Take care.